Good morning, y'all. You guys doing good? Yep, I'm glad there's three or four people doing good. The rest of y'all must not be doing too well. Hopefully you'll be doing well by the end of the service. So if you have a smartphone or a tablet, we do have a live event. So you can follow right along. Uh, what that is, is our, our version is a Bible app. You should probably download that onto your phone. Um, that way you have the Bible with you everywhere you go. And so we have just, just a tool available. My wife likes to do the, the little fill-out cards so that you can fill in the blanks. I'm, I'm more new school. I'm like, hey, let's save a tree, and we'll just do everything electronic. Uh, so I, we, I always do all of that. So if you want to follow along and then also have notes where you can put your own stuff, you just type in uh, Vision Waterville under the events. There'll be a little... It'll be a little thing on the top, and you can find us. And you'll know you're in the right place when you see our, our waterproof, our waterproof, our, <laughs> our bulletproof logo on the top. So waterproof. Oh, gosh. All right, so this is uh, week two. We're talking about bulletproof. And um, so we're going to be coming out of Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be reading a few verses here. How many of you guys like to read the word when you come to church? Amen. Yeah. We need to read the Word. So this whole series is based out of Ephesians chapter 6. We're talking about spiritual warfare, and we're talking about how Paul kind of lays out for us there are spiritual pieces of armor that we apply to our life that helps keep us protected. So in essence, we believe it's almost like a bulletproof vest type thing. So if you can go ahead and turn your Bibles. How many of you guys got your Bibles with you today? Hold it up. Hold it proud. If you got the old school leather bound, yeah. I was going to get to you in a minute. But if you got the electronic, go ahead and you can hold it up as well. There we go. Come on. Yeah, all right. I have to give a shout out because I know there's one or two people that bring leather bounds. And so you guys are troopers. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read verse 10 through 8. So if you can follow along with me as best as you can. I know when you start reading the word, especially if you read a few verses, that sometimes people, they, their mind starts going this way and that way, and sometimes people start dazing off. And so if you start snoring, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to poke fun at you. So don't snore. If you fall asleep, a little bit of drool comes off the side of your mouth. You know, well, we can clean that up, but just don't snore. Okay. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. <laughs> I know you've had that happen before, you know, where you're sitting in class, and you, like, laid your head down, like, back in the day, and then all of a sudden you, like, for a moment there, you're like, you, re- you didn't realize you, you fell asleep, but you know you did because there's like a little pool of drool like right there on the end of your table. Happens to the best of us. Okay. It's nothing to do with what we're talking about, but you know. All right. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18 says, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Say mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Say devil's schemes. See, the Lord wants to give you mighty power against the devil's schemes, right? Absolutely. Come on. Say amen. Yep. So, so just to, just to re-remind Vision Waterville, this is not a monologue. This is not a lecture. This is a dialogue. So I expect you guys to talk back to me. All right. Here we go. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Another translation would say, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay. But against rulers against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, say day of evil, because it's going to come, it comes. How many of us know that there are, there are times that are set apart where the enemy has 
set aside to attack you. It's called a day of evil, right? <laughs> you know, maybe you faced that yesterday, or maybe you'll face it tomorrow. Okay, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth, that's what we're going to talk about today, buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all of this, take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows. Say all. Come on, every single one of those, you don't have to get shot in the back by a flaming arrow. Your faith can extinguish that. All the flaming arrows of the evil one, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Say word of God. And pray. I love that enthusiasm today, guys. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So when you're praying for the church, that's biblical. You're supposed to be praying for God's people. We're not only supposed to pray for the lost, we're supposed to pray for God's people. So we got a lot of work to do, huh? A lot of prayers to go up. How many of us know that we're in a spiritual war? Raise your hand if you know that we're in a spiritual war. We're in a spiritual war. We kind of got grafted into the spiritual war by Adam and Eve. When, you know, my wife always says that uh, that tree was not an apple tree. She's like, she's never had, you know, she's never had a desire like that for a piece of fruit. That had to be a chocolate tree or an ice cream tree or, you know, it had to be something that, that made that, you know, that made her fall. And so, I mean, how many women can attest to chocolate and ice cream? So it, probably, it, may, it may have been in that realm. That, you know, all, all jokes aside. So, but we're in a spiritual war. It's been like that since the beginning. Actually, it even goes before that, all the way when Satan was cast out of heaven. And friends, and if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've been drafted into the army of the Lord. So the moment you said yes to God, the moment you said yes to following Jesus, you were automatically marked as an enemy of Satan and his kingdom. So it's just like, how many of us in here are Americans? You're Americans? So, you, so now if you, if you are uh, a radical extremist, then you have been marked as an enemy of their belief system because you're an American. It's like you've been grafted in. You didn't do anything against them. But you've just been marked. It's the same way. Because you are associated with Christ, because you're one with God, because you're a part of him, then the devil doesn't like you. Because you've taken his place. And so he wants that place. And so we have this fight. We have this battle. And Paul lays it out for the Ephesians to kind of let them know, hey, look, you're in this war. Moreover, you're in this wrestling match against the enemy. And he's not just going to let you wrestle against the enemy all by yourself. He's going to empower you with the tools necessary to fight against the enemy, to fight this spiritual war, to fight against this fight that's been waging for ages, okay? So we're in this battle every day for our mind, for God's kingdom. We're in this, day, we're in this battle every day. Do you know the battle wages for your soul every single day since the beginning? So the thing is, is, is when we're associated with Christ, when we're one with him, we are, we are on assignment to thwart the kingdom of darkness and snatch prisoners from his clutches. I mean, this is kind of, I know this is a lot of symbolism, or, but it's really true. When you, when, you, when you invite people to church, come on, see, see the full scheme of this. It isn't just, you know, to help somebody out in, in their life. You know, when you, when you are bringing people to Christ, it's not just to make their life better. 
you are actually snatching them from the clutches of Satan. That's pretty powerful. We don't really see all of that, and that may even freak you out, but that's the absolute 100% God truth. Because before I started coming to church and before I said yes to Christ, I was hellbound. And I was addicted and I was full of myself and I was full of sin. But I was snatched from what? The clutches of the enemy. Come on, someone. Snatched from the clutches of Satan. Snatched from the prison of sin. That's why when we sing those songs, friends, to me, it isn't just a good song, man. I'm, remi- I'm remembering myself. I'm remembering where I'm almost, almost overdosing on drugs. I'm remember, you know what I mean? I'm remembering these, these uh, pictures of me sitting on my bed thinking I'm going to die because I took too much LSD. You know, so I'm reminded of when he's saying the prison, we've been set free, friends. I'm singing, I'm jumping, I'm shouting because, friends, I've been set free from prison. Come on, someone. Someone needs to hear that today. And many of us, you know, maybe it's not that extreme, but there's still prison. There's, there's, pr- there's prisons in our mind, lies that we're holding, that the enemy keeps us bound on and that we're holding on to. There's depression and oppression of our thoughts and, and, and our self-image and how we view our life and how we view everything. Friends, that's all a prison. That's a prison. You may, your prison may not be addiction, but maybe the prison is in your mind and heart. Maybe your prison is when you're sitting in front of uh, that, that, um, that, uh, that uh, screen when pornography is going on. Maybe the prison is how you view yourself. Maybe the prison is you have a hard time talking. You're filled with fear and doubt. And, you know, whatever that prison may be, friends, the enemy, when he has you bound, you're in prison. Prison, you're in his clutches. And so... Our, jo- our job, our <laughs> assignment is to thwart Satan. Do you know that? The scripture says, Jesus was talking to Peter. He told him, the keys of the kingdom of heaven I give you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you might loose on earth will be loose in heaven. It says, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. What are gates? Are gates offensive weapons? Gates are what? Defensive weapons. Gates are supposed to keep people out. I think it's ironic that Jesus would say the gates of Hades cannot prevail. Why would he say the gates of Hades? Because, friends, we're called to storm the gates. Come on, someone. Say amen. We're called to storm the gates of Hades. They're not going to prevail against you, son of God, daughter of God. Friends, we don't want to become casualties of war. That's why we need to learn how to become bulletproof. Say bulletproof. Bulletproof, because those bullets are going to come flying your way. Scripture calls them fiery darts, flaming arrows. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about that. So we're going to talk about the very first piece of armor, the belt of truth. The belt of truth. How many of you guys love your belt? Yep, yep. And I love your belt too. Thank you for wearing it today. So that we're... (laughs) Britches ain't falling down to the ground. Appreciate it. There's been no butt cracks seen in this place. So everybody's wearing their belt. Thank you. <laughs> belt of truth. <laughs> amen. Everyone said, everyone look at your neighbor and say amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for wearing your belt today. <laughs> Friends, what's holding you together? What is holding your britches up? Is it truth or is it religious ide- uh, ideology? There are a lot of people, their life is held together by religious ideology. It's not by truth. That's why we're going to talk about what the belt of truth really is. Okay, some people, they have a form of truth or a piece of truth or they make up their own truth. So some people's lives are, it's a piece of truth. 
There are people that are living their life, well, gee, well, God forgives, and so they're living their lives in sin and thinking that God just, he's this genie that can kind of like rub on the magic genie lamp, and he's going to grant all their wishes, and they can live however they want, and God's just going to, you know, just flood the, you know, gates of heaven open for them. You know, I mean, there's people that are living in partial truth. There are people living in their own truth. Well, you know, there is no God, or, or there is, you know, Jesus never existed, or whatever, you know, people just come up with their own stuff. So it just it is what it is. Pilate even asked Jesus. He said, what is truth? Pilate asked Jesus as he stood before the truth. Say the truth. Because Jesus told his disciples in John 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am the truth. He said, I'm the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father. Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say, I have a way. He didn't say, I have a truth. He said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. So friends, truth is not an ideology. It's not a doctrine. Truth is a person. See, that throws people off because we think that truth is like this thing. He said, I'm the truth. He said he was the truth. Truth is a person, Jesus Christ. We need his name written on our hearts and his word chiseled in our minds and our soul, friends. In Ephesians, Paul describes truth as a belt. Okay, now there's all kinds of belts, and so I know a lot of people, they have a fashion belt. You know, it's their statement of, you know, a piece of clothing or, or whatever. And so, But I'm not talking about something like that. I'm talking about when, I, when, when Paul is describing truth as a belt, if you can almost picture a Roman soldier or a Roman centurion and just kind of picture this belt. You, you Just figure, Paul, he's writing this book. He's in jail, so he's used to seeing soldiers. He's used to seeing these people uh, that are, you know, standing at the gates of his jail cell, and he's, I can almost see him writing this, and he's getting revelation from God, and he looks over at this centurion, and he looks at all of his clothes, and he says, he says, the belt of truth. Now, we know that a belt, obviously, keeps your britches up, but a Roman soldier, you know, think of their Think of their belt and think about that belt usually has a sheath in it. So what does a belt do for a Roman soldier? It holds all of their weapons, right? So, you know, maybe there was, uh, like, like here's a picture here. He has a sheath with, it, with a long broadsword, and then he's got another little clip for a little, little dagger. So think of this belt of truth as a place where, where our weapons go. It's a place where our weapons are stored. It's a place where our weapons can be found, is in the belt of truth. Or, or maybe uh, think about a Western. You know, you guys remember? Doo, 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 wah, wah, wah. So what would they do? They would have their gunslinger, right? They got their gun on the side of their hip. It's not down by their foot. It's not up by their chest. It's what? It's around their waist where their belt is, right? And so they would pull out their gun and, you know, hopefully they would shoot the bad guy before they got shot, you know, they would say draw and do that. Or, or okay, or here, let's a, a more common analogy, more today traditional. Think of a police officer. So you have a police officer, and they have a utility belt, right? And so it holds all of their gear. So just think, you have this police officer, he has this belt, and on his belt he has a radio, he has handcuffs, he has a holster with a gun, he has a taser, he has some chemical spray, he's got a flashlight, He's got an extra compartment to hold magazines with bullets. He's got a place for his baton. He's got a special place on the side all the way over here we can hold an extra donut. He's got this place. 
Just joking. I love you. I love police officers. If you're a police officer in here, don't shoot me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so, so his belt carries all of what? His weapons, all of his gear, right? It's sturdy enough, and it's at a place where it's easily accessible. So a belt is a very important piece of uh, you know, material or piece of armor or, or a piece of you know, police officers, their gear. It's, it's very important for a police officer. And just for fun, let's just think of you know, how many of you guys are, are Batman fans. So you've got the bat belt, right? Just think about that good old bat belt. So on the bat belt, you may have, you know, he's got a, man, a magnetically att- attached grappling hook. He's got a lightweight high tensile alloy is what it's made of. He's got explosive packets. He's got a gas or smoke pellets. He's got a first aid kit. He's got um, a magnetically attached point for his grappling hook. He's got antidote for scarecrows, fear gas. He's got a flexible periscope. He's got a cell phone. He's got mini mines. He's got a uh, belt grass for his batarangs. I mean, just that's his utility belt. Say utility belt. If it's good enough for Batman, it's good enough for you. Okay, that's his belt of truth. So think of it. It carries our offensive weapons and items to help us in conflict to defeat the foe, to defeat our enemy. So when, when we're talking about the belt of truth, which is, which is a symbolic representation of what is supposed to be around us, then that, that thing should have the goods, truth should hold the goods for you to fight against the enemy. Amen? Come on, amen. The belt of truth also protects us from Satan, the father of lies. And so I'm just thinking of, you know, this is so funny. I just, I remember this game I used to play back in the day. It was called Punch-Out. And so back in the 80s, they had this game, it was called Punch-Out. And so after you got so far, you would get to this guy, his name was King Hippo. And I remember I would be trying to fight King Hippo, and man, I would just get pummeled. He like hit you two times, you'd knock down and fall. And so then you had to realize that in order to defeat King Hippo, you had to punch him in his belly button. Now, the funny thing is, is when you punched him in his belly button, his britches fell down. So you'd punch him in his belly button, his britches would fall down, and when his britches fell down, they just gave you the opportunity to just start wailing on him. So then you would just pummel him and pummel him, and so then he would get back in his defense, and then he would, you know, he would open up his belly, and then you'd have to punch him in the belly, his britches would fall down. Okay, uh, King Hippo, he needed a belt, right? He didn't have the belt of truth. So, so the belt of truth protects us against uh, the enemy. It holds up our spiritual pants so that we're not exposed and vulnerable. I'm going to say that one more time. Your belt of truth, the truth, Jesus himself, when you apply him to your heart and your life and he's wrapped and clothed around you, will protect you from exposing yourself and being vulnerable. How can you illustrate that with a, to- with a, with a 19... Uh, 80s game. I don't know. It's just fun to do. It's just fun. There's so much truth in movies and games and life. Okay, the belt of truth protects us against uh, the father of lives. John chapter 8 verse 32 says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. You can't be set free if you don't know it, right? You have to know the truth. You have to know Jesus and he will set you free. Know the truth. Okay, it's not some sort of understanding. You got to know Jesus. You got to know him. You got to intimately know him. How do you intimately know him? Spend time with him. You make time for him. He says, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Know the truth. Know Jesus. And friends, you'll be set free. 
And just a side note, we are only as free as our level of knowing Jesus. The greater understanding that you have of the, of, of the work of Jesus, of who he is, the greater level of truth that, that you grab a hold of, the more free you are. Friends, and I just want to let you know that there is only one truth that will set you free from sin and bondage and destruction, condemnation and Satan's dominion. It's the truth that, of Jesus. Okay? Deception is a war tactic of the enemy since the beginning. When we look back at Adam and Eve, they were deceived, right? Okay? We stand firm against his lies by knowing and living out the word of God. You have to know the word of God for you to live it out. When I first got saved, and I know I've told, I've told this story over, and I'll tell it till I'm 50 or more. <laughs> That's right, or more. When I first committed my life to Christ, there was this awesome guy. His name was Emmanuel when I worked at FedEx, and, and we were working together in a trailer, and he, I remember his name, and I even remember what it looks like. I've not, I haven't seen him in 20 years. And, uh, and so I was at the beginning of my journey of faith, and he said, have you ever memorized scripture? And I said, no. He was like, you know, it's good for you, you know, to memorize scripture. And so he said, I got a few scriptures we're going to memorize. So we'd work together, and he would start saying these verses. And I remember the, the three verses, it's been 20 years, the three verses he helped me memorize, I still have them memorized. And it was Psalms 119, 911, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's what? It's knowing the word, right? So I can live it out. The second one was James 4, uh, 8. Uh, Submit then to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. You know, uh, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And then the, and then the last one, which is a lot of people's favorite, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so what is that doing? That's me knowing the, the word so that I can live it out. And so... I just encourage you, man, to, if you can memorize the word of the Lord, allow it to, I mean, meditate on it. I mean, it'll change your life forever. It really will. You'll be changed from the inside out. So Jesus stood firm during his trial by quoting scripture. So just picture this. Picture Jesus. And so he's baptized by John. And then the, script, then the Bible says that he was led out to the desert by the devil. No, he was led out to the desert by the Spirit. So the Spirit of the Lord led him out to the wilderness, and then, so after 40 days, he was hungry. Satan comes, and so he starts tempting Jesus with all of these things to, you know, turn, turn these uh, pieces of, of rock into bread and jump off of the high part of the temple and to bow down and worship him. And how does Jesus defeat Satan's, uh, his temptations? With the Word of God. He used the Word against Satan. So friends, we have to know the word. It is our only, and when we, when we get into that portion of, of it's going to be so good, it's our only offensive weapon. It says, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the Lord. It's the only thing that you can cut and slash and get back at him. You can't just stay on defense all the time. Defense is necessary so that when those fiery darts come, we can be bulletproof. But, friends, if an, the adversary is coming against you, you need to be able to kind of fight them off and kick them back and tell them to get off me. Get off me, the devil. See you, Satan. Peace out. The belt of truth is the centerpiece located at the center of your body because it holds everything in place, just as God's truth will hold your life in place. Friends, let God be the center of your life, like the belt of truth is the center of, of our clothing area. And friends, I'm telling you, your life will not go, go, go astray. Keep God the center of your life. It will keep, he will keep everything together. He'll keep all the stuff, all the mess and all the junk and all the things, how we can screw things up. 
He'll keep your life together. He's been doing this for a long time. He created you. He fashioned you. He knit you in your mother's womb. He, he can take care of you. We can get razzled and out of place and out of sorts and out of whack and, and, and make a big mess of it, but he can just bring us right back in. I love that. Thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't live one of those perfect little lives. I make a lot of mistakes. I stick my foot in my, my mouth a lot. Okay? I... I mess up by not meeting expectations. I fail by, by missing opportunities or appointments. I blow, I blow it by saying something I shouldn't have said, or I blow it by not saying something when I should have said it. So I love that, he, I love that grace. I need that grace. Just one more time. I just want to say it one more time. There is only one truth. It's Jesus. People start to get offended when you say that. You know that? Tell someone there's only one truth. There's only one way. People get offended. And what they call you, they call you a bigot. They say that, that you're, you're intolerant. You're supposed to tolerate everybody. You're intolerant. You're saying your, your way is the only way? Well, either Jesus was a lunatic, he was a liar, or he was Lord. <laughs> so either he was a lunatic, and everything that he said was just was out of whack, he was a liar, or he's Lord. He can't, he can't be, there couldn't have been just half, half of what he said was true. Either it's all the Bible or none of the Bible. So if it's all the Bible, then friends, then we got to believe everything it is. And if everything, if he says that, that I'm the only way to the Father, then friends, take it, for the, take it for what it is. He is the way. So if you believe that with all your heart, that's, what the, that's why the Great Commission should be, it should be burning inside of us. Because just think about it. There are people that are living their life. And, you know, I was just thinking about this the other day. I was uh, talking with my wife, and I was like, man, that's, I was just thinking of, you know, I think of, like, certain cultures where uh, they have people that are, like, they're in slaves. You know, there's certain cultures that still have slavery. Um, and I was just thinking, I was thinking, man, wouldn't it, I mean, I, I, my heart just started getting burdened. I thought, man, it would suck to live your whole life as a slave and miserable just to die and go to hell. <laughs> I mean, that would suck. I mean, you had a whole miserable life here on earth just to have a miserable eternity. Man, <laughs> this starts kidding me. That's why it's, it's, it's so important for us to share our faith and snatch the people from the clutches of the evil one. Judges chapter 21, verse 25. Well, this is what happens, see? Now, if everybody had their own truth, if all the truths were if all the truths were working, then wouldn't America be, it's, be a better society? Because we've become such a tolerant society. If, if everything, if, if it's everything, if it's universalism and always, you know, are, are right, then how come America isn't a more peaceful country? How come we have rioting going on right now down in, in uh, Virginia? How come, the, how come there's been racial tension for hundreds of years? How come there's, there's, you know, poverty and, and there's just, so, I mean, the, the stuff with, with police and Black Lives Matters and all this. Why, do, why are we having all of these things? Well, I believe it's just like what it says in Judges chapter 21. In Judges chapter 21, verse 25, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. What happens when you have a society of everyone doing right in their own eyes? Then people make up their own rules. And so when everyone does what's right in their own eyes, then what, what's right to me, it doesn't matter what's right to you, I can violate your rights because it's right in my own eyes. 
So, so the fabric of society can't live like that. So there has to be, there has to be a set standard. And so we as believers of, of God, we believe the set standard is the Bible. It is the authoritative, we just learned this in, in our class yesterday. It's the authoritative uh, rule of faith and conduct. It's what we look for. It's what we look to. And so that's what we, that's, that is what keeps us in, in line. It's like, it's like the vehicle that's going down the street, and you've got the cliff off the side, and you've got that little thin aluminum uh, siding that, uh, you know, is a, hopefully the barrier to keep you from going off the edge. Well, the word of the Lord is a lot uh, stronger than the, the, the aluminum side to keep you from going off the cliff because, friends, it'll keep you locked and grounded. It'll keep you, uh, it'll keep you secure. It'll build your life on the firm foundation. And there's no other belief system that I know that has, that has nothing to do with works and has everything to do with love and grace. Every other belief system has you working for something or working towards something. This faith that we have in Christ has nothing to do with you working. You don't actually get more favor with God by doing more stuff. Hello? Say amen right there. You don't earn favor with God by the more you do. He loves you just as much as he loved you yesterday, and he loves you today as much as he will love you in 20 years from now. And you can't earn more. There's too many people that are trying to work this thing out. They're trying to earn it. There's no other belief system on the planet Earth where they did all the work and you receive all the benefits because <laughs> Jesus paid the price for us. In those days... Okay, there was no king. Israel did whatever they wanted to do. So think about this. You got America. We dethrone the king of kings. We eliminate it from our government, our schools, our court systems. You know, we swear to sell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, but not put our hands on the truth. We produce entertainment that blasphemes God's name. We make Christians look like morons. And guess what? Everyone do, does as they see fit. That's our society, isn't it? Friend, there's, there's another reason that the belt of truth is such a vile viable, such a vital component to stand firm against the lies of this world, the lies of the enemy. Equips us to fight the spiritual warfare that we face. Friends, when we are being cut down by the battle of life, how many of us know that sometimes life just beats you down? Come on. Anybody have a hard job that they work at? Anybody have like, anybody have a hard boss? Don't raise your hand if your boss is in here. <laughs> I'm keeping your job. We're going to keep your job, we'll keep, we'll keep, we'll keep your job secure. <laughs> Rick's it's over here waving like, oh, oh. <laughs> How many people just love going into work every day and you like skip and hop and jump? Yeah, I mean, we just all, you know, we get beat up by life, don't we? Am I the only one that gets beat up by life? Come on, I mean, we just, I mean, we, we get beat up. Life, I mean, death, separation, disappointment. I mean, there's just so many things. We just get cut down, the battle of life. But friends, truth reminds us, it strengthens us by reminding us of the promises of God. So when you're getting busted up, when you're getting beat down, when life is just trying to really give it to you, when just, man, just things aren't working right, when you lose the keys, when... <laughs> When you lose your job, when you're facing death in your family, when your relationship with your spouse isn't working out, you're just getting beat up. 
Friends, truth will remind you, will empower you with the promises of God. So I need truth in my life. I need the truth of the word to remind me to keep my spirits up. Friends, it will strengthen us to live and fight another day. The truth. So when the Bible talks about the armor of God, it's more than just helpful tips. You know, uh, just uh, think of this. Uh, just one more time. Take a look again. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6. We're going to take a look at just one verse here. So just, I'm almost done here. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to read verse 10 and 11. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Be strong in his mighty power. Okay? He wants you to be strong in his mighty power. Say mighty power. But in order for that to happen, we have to put on the full armor of God so that we can do what? Stand against the devil's schemes. Now, the devil's schemes are deception, lies, manipulation, accusation, temptation. The only way. You will stand against the devil's schemes. Now, there's so many people that are giving into the devil's schemes. I believe the people that are rioting down in Virginia are giving into the devil's schemes. I, I'm, I believe it. It is what it is. In order for us to stand against the, the devil's schemes, we need to know the word. We need to know the word. We need to be divinely empowered by his power, by the spirit of the Lord. Friends, we're talking about the impregnable defenses of Almighty God. Say impregnable. Has God ever been defeated? No! Think about this just for a minute. I'm almost done here, but think about this. At the end, so if you've ever read the book of Revelation, God doesn't defeat Satan. Michael the archangel defeats Satan. God doesn't even get off his throne. Come on, somebody. So, you know, we, we always look at God like this wrestling match is going on between God and the devil. Friends, no, it's not even close to anything even like that. God doesn't even get off, he doesn't even get off his throne. It says Jesus, when he's coming with a white horse, all he does is speak. He speaks, friends, come on. He speaks and it says his word was like a sword that cuts out of his mouth and it just starts slaying the enemies of God. He speaks. God stayed on the throne. He didn't even do anything. Satan's defeated. The enemies of God are defeated. Then we get to be with him for eternity. Has, has God ever fought a battle and lost? No, he hasn't. What happened back before, back before Adam and Eve when Satan tried to overthrow God? What happened? It says that he fell to the earth. He fell like lightning. So it wasn't just like he got like booted off and it was like one of those uh, long, slow falls like, Ooh. no, it was like, Kakush. Like, take that. You know, you, <laughs> you want to dethrone? The impregnable defenses of Almighty God are with you. I, felt a, I just felt a jolt of the Holy Spirit when I said that. Available for you and I are these things to help us fight against the enemy, to fight against the devil's schemes, to fight against the lies of the enemy. So that we can face every day's battle. Friends, when we are equipped with this, it will equip us for every good work. These are the keys that will withstand the attack and to actually advance the kingdom. The full armor of God 
are ultimately and infinitely powerful tools available to us as followers of Christ. I'm going to say that one more time. The full armor of God, ultimately and infinitely powerful tools for you, for me. That we can stand firm, we can fight the battle, so we can snatch people from the clutches of the enemy. Do you believe God wants to make you bulletproof today? He absolutely does. He absolutely does. When a police officer, when they go out onto the streets, they fully gear themselves with everything necessary for that day. Friends, it is our responsibility and mandate as followers of Christ that every single day when we walk up, when we wake up, friends, we're going we're gonna to fight against the enemy in some way or fashion. That you have to put on the full armor of God. Now, I'm not saying that you, you know, if you want to do it, you can do that and remind yourself and put on the helmet of salvation and breastplate of righteousness and belt of truth and sword of the spirit and shield of faith and shoes of the gospel of peace and all those things. But, but what you do, but just friends, just remind yourself that you are being clothed with Christ. You're being clothed with Christ. Last verse, and then we're going to end here. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, his divine power, say divine power. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Lord. Has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Do you know that he's given you everything you need? Are you living in lack today? If you are, friends, he has made available through his divine power everything you need for life. For life. And for godliness. What's that? That's basically living a godly life. Giving us everything we need. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and his goodness. He's given us everything that we need for life and godly, godliness through the knowledge of him. Friends, that's why it is imperative for us to have the belt of truth, to know the truth, Jesus himself, and allow him to be clothed. The scripture talks about us clothing ourselves with Christ, that you would put on Christ today. Would you stand your feet with me today? Truth isn't having a special knowledge, a revelation, insight. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. It is so imperative that we would know him in an intimate way today. Let's pray. Lord, I believe you want to make us bulletproof. God, you want to make us our faith our stance, firm, secure, grounded. God, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally. And Lord, that can only happen when we have the truth, the belt of truth wrapped around us. It's the very first component of the armor that you've asked us that you started describing was the belt of truth. We can't have anything else unless we have truth first. Jesus is the truth. He's the way. When we come through you, when we clothe ourselves with that truth, then Lord, everything else, salvation, righteousness, all these other components fall into place. So Lord, would you reveal yourself to us? Would you reveal truth to us in a new and a fresh way today? I thank you that even now in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you would expose every lie of the enemy every deception that the enemy has placed in our life every thought process that is not of you God maybe even patterns of thinking or patterns that we've lived our life that isn't the way that you've called us to live 
we've just lived this pattern out because this is how we've always lived it. Lord, would you just reveal to us, God, your truth, you, yourself. Expose the lies of the enemy. Expose the darkness. Father, would you drive the rebellion from our hearts, God? We want to do it our own way. We screw it up every time. (laughs) I do. Lord, I want to walk in obedience to you. So Holy Spirit, we give you, just go ahead and say this with me, we give you full reign to speak into our lives. Just tell them, say, I give you full reign to speak into my life, Holy Spirit. Full reign. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. God, we yield our life to you today. (laughs) We adjust and align our life with your word today, God. My prayer every day, my prayer today again, Lord, would you have your way in me? Would you have your way? My way screws it up, but Lord, I need your way. I need your way in my life. Even now, truth, God, let us know the truth and we'll be set free. Friends, if you need to be set free from some lies of the enemy, I'm going to ask you to slip out of your seat and come up and we're going to have some of our prayer people pray with you today. If you'd like extra prayer about that or maybe there's some things in your life where just there needs to be some alignment and you would like to touch and agree with somebody. If you slip on out of your seat, we'll, we'll have some of our leaders pray today.